1: What if you could make fresh, delicious meals at home without the stress of planning, prepping, or cleaning up? Introducing Tavala. Tavala is a first-of-its-kind meal service that makes eating well effortless. By combining a countertop smart oven with delivered meals, just scan a QR code to cook dinner. First, choose from a variety of chef-crafted meals delivered weekly to your door. When you're ready to eat, just do one minute of easy prep. Next, scan your meal's QR code with the Tavala Smart Oven while the oven automatically switches between modes and temperatures for the perfect cook. Just sit back and relax. Your food's ready in 25 minutes or less. No shopping, no chopping, no cleanup. Simplify meal time today with Tavala. Go to tavala.com now to save $150 on a Tavala Smart Oven when you agree to order meals six times. That's T-O-V-A-L-A.com. Promo applied automatically at checkout. Tavala. Eat well effortlessly. Tavala.com.
2: Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and this afternoon I'm joined by Kevin McCluskey uh, to dissect, dissect even, <laughs> the 2 0 victory over Ross County. I remember the post match fixtures coming out, Kevin. I looked at this one, thought to myself, I wouldn't even call it a banana skin. That would be disrespectful to Ross County. This was a tough, tough game, um, and we've come through it. Now, I know that second half wasn't as pretty as the first, uh, but we got the job done. 2 nothing, and I'll tell you, it's no more than Celtic deserved, was it?
3: Exactly, yes. Thinking the same when the fix just come out, you know, thing well is never an easy place to go, and like you say, you don't want to be disrespectful and say it's a banana skin, you'll just be respectful and say it's a really tough venue to go to, it's a tough tough game to play. The main thing about today was just coming through and getting out the other side with the three points, and we've done it. Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> I think I'm just more relieved than anything at the moment because that second half was not of the same level and the same quality as the first. But I don't know. Even just a quick reflection on it, I'm not sure it was ever really in doubt. We just didn't put it to bed early enough. So absolutely, just to you know, come away with, with, away with the three points, a win next week, and that's it. This is the thing.
2: Such a, a slender lead. Ross County have got some quality players. Anything can happen. This this is a problem. Anything can happen. Some speculative cross into the box, Kevin. That might strike somebody's arm. You know, they might get a break of the ball. The keeper might spill it, and that that is really the concern. That's why that second half certainly wasn't as enjoyable as the first. Um, and that that really is what a lot of the the commenters are saying coming through in the comment section. Thanks for joining us. Get involved in the chat. We will be talking for half an hour all about Celtic's two 0 victory at Dingwall. And uh, Kevin said, you know. Next week it comes down to next week, and where does that leave leave us in terms of uh, winning the league? Well, you know we're a whisker away from from that. Uh, we need to start off, I think, the uh, the discussion by talking about this man Jota. Um, we Jotter, is he that wee? I'm not sure. I, I
3: can't uh, call anyone we. So to me, he's still big Jota. <laughs> well, he's not that we is
2: he? I, and the thing with him is there's been discussions over the last few weeks in relation to his form. I think overall, uh, it was it was actually mentioned there, that's now got 11 assists and 11 goals. So, 35 games for Celtic, which is more games than he's played, even for his parent club. Uh, and I hope that that level of um, consistency that we've had from Jota in terms of game time, uh, similarly to Cameron Carter-Vickers, will have both players... Uh, you know, thinking that their future may lie at Celtic Park because although Joe has not been consistently brilliant you can see the quality is there Kevin.
3: You can and as you say he might not have been consistently brilliant but he's consistently been in the team which shows that Ange has got faith in him even when he's in his down, uh, down spells which he probably didn't have anywhere else. He's certainly not been shown it at Benfica because they've loaned him out a couple of times so you know, can I read between the lines in on that one? He's possibly not got a future there. The fact that they've included a sell-on fee for Celtic, not just uh, not a loan to give him experience. This is a loan to sell him, really. Uh, if he's getting the game time here, you'd like to hope that those kind of things play positively on the player's mind. And if he can, if he can keep on putting in these levels of performances in the next four games, then. Once again, he becomes another player that you think we've definitely got to sign up. And the return that he's had, you say, 11 goals, 11 assists, that's that's a fantastic return for a player who is only, what is he, 21, 22? He's still kind of at the early stages of his career. So you'd like to... Wow, 20... Yeah, just turned
2: 23.
3: Just turned 23, there you are. So there's still big things. I mean, he can still improve. So if we can get him tied down again, he becomes another... Uh, you know, big
2: asset to this to the team. No, it definitely does, and I think that you know it was it was interesting that we were discussing him because I even suggested that Abada might be feeling a little bit um, disappointed at being left out. Uh, and if you were to make that change, it would be Jot. He was in the mood in the first half; absolutely no doubt about it. I'm glad he got a the score sheet. Uh, Pat Santos comes in on the YouTube channel to see second goal wins us this important match. Jota a number one Celtic player for me. He was my man of the match. I'd be surprised if he wasn't named the man of the match after that game, Kevin. And again, it's another reminder. I think that you know, over the over the last few years, we've I think we've worked the loan deals fairly well. I think we've, we've worked the loan market fairly well. There's a few that we probably would have liked to have stayed at Celtic. I mean, I, I'm one. I would have kept El Yunusi. I, I liked El Yunusi. I thought after two. Um, Loan spells at the transition to become a permanent player who basically wouldn't have existed. Um, he knew the game. I also felt, having spoken to Alan Morrison at the beginning of the season, he might have suited Ange Postecoglou's style as well. Denier I thought was was definitely a player we we should have moved heaven and earth to keep. But this season, I'm looking. I know that. Maeda is is class as a loan player, but we have an obligation to buy Maeda. But the two two other loan players, um, it's not a hit or a miss, it's the two of them are absolutely integral to this side and they showed it again today, didn't they?
3: They did, they did. I actually think over the last couple of years, our loan signings have been more missed than hit. Um, But I'm thinking of guys like Moritz Bauer and... John Joe Kenny when I'm thinking of the loan signings that were just absolute disasters and Yan as well, another one. But we've definitely got it right with these two. We've, we've gone out and we've found two players that had the skill set and had the, the attitude, the ambition that matched that of the manager. And they've come in and they've been brilliant. A lot of my notes in the first half were about Carter Vickers as much as anyone else just mm. because I felt he was so commanding. I don't think he lost an aerial duel in the whole game. Every time the ball was in there, he went and won it. He still for me looks really composed with the ball at his feet as well because he just he does the simple thing with it, but he never looks rushed or panicked. And he was he was tremendous all game. And then kind of the second half a lot of my notes are actually fairly negative about the team in a sense because I felt we, we just dropped off. But then the positive side of it is every time the ball went to Yota, something happened. He was beating his man consistently. He was delivering good balls into the box. We just couldn't get anyone on the end of them. If we could have, you know, if, I think if if we had Jack Amakis in there for some of the crosses in the first twenty minutes of that half, he's getting on the end of them and he's causing a lot of problems. And um, those two, for me, were just kind of head and shoulders above the rest today.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And and they were two of the driving forces behind that win. And absolutely delighted that it was Jota that got the second goal.
2: Because he he did deserve it. Oh, he did. You're mentioning there, Cameron Carter-Vickers, the big moment for me, it might go under the radar, uh, and there was actually a moment like this against Rangers, but we lost the game, is the block uh, on 53 minutes, and it was uh, Peyton's shot, which was goal-bound, and Cameron carter vickers blocks it and now he's done that so many times this season, Kevin and sometimes it does go under the radar but, you, you know, it's a 2 nothing win so it's unlikely that that's going to be shown in the, the highlights reel at the end but that brings it back to 1-H at a time actually when you're looking at it and thinking you know, we're, we're not really hitting the heights we did in the first half here 10 minutes into the second half and, you know, as opposed to Kogluh you know, makes the changes at sixty minutes. What one of which we had we had suggested would be the case with Kyogle we'll getting his sixty minute run out and, and is coming in. Um but to be able to to bring on a bader from Maeda, Rogic for O'Reilly, is a luxury um that Ange hasn't had for many, many months at Celtic. And I think that the Carter Vickers situation um is such that it's fallen into this almost a debate over the last few months which one Do you want us to keep? And I'm like, you know, I want us to keep both of them. If we did four bits of transfer business in the the window here, I want two of them to be Jota and Cat Vickers. You know, and I actually think we probably need more more than four. I think we probably need half a dozen. It's not going to be anywhere near what we've seen in the pre-season in terms of personnel coming and going. But we still need to shift quite a lot of bodies out the door. Kev, we mentioned it at the beginning of the game, and if you're replacing—and I'm not saying like for like—but if you're replacing them with players who are going to contribute, then your squad uh, stand, the standard and the quality of your squad, just just it's taken to another level. Because at the moment, um, you know, we as hearts in the mouth moment, whenever Joe Hart looks as though he's maybe got a wee injury and it happened against Dundee United earlier in the season and you're just hoping and praying that doesn't happen I feel the same with the centre-halves at the minute, Carter Vickers gets injured and you know yeah Welsh would come in but it is a drop it really is a drop in in quality, I feel the same at left back I'm happy um, with Ralston as a backup. by the way what a pass, the last kick of the ball Right into the stand, fantastic. Uh-huh. It was, it was giving me kind of flashbacks to Shane Duffy last season. Um, but I thought Ralston comes in; it's as if he's never been out. So, th- so there's players and there's areas of the park where there isn't really a drop off. I think um, until Maeda started filling in on the left hand side, I had the similar concerns. If Jota was out, you know, if, if Jota and, and then Mikey Johnson was the man behind him, there's that drop. So I, I do still think we're, we're probably six players short. Where Ange wants to be, uh, come the summer. Which, if we do, and the question is coming in from Todd Ferguson, um, if we do beat Rangers next week, mathematically we don't get crowned as league champions. But it is highly unlikely that they're going to claw back the goal difference. You know, to make it mathematically impossible after a victory against Rangers, we'd need one point from the final three games. That that is how it's going to be set up. Um, But let's get as many of your comments in as possible. It's a massive... Yeah, Jota gets man of the match, unsurprisingly. It's a massive day in the season. Um, And let's also look back on how we got here. You know, Axom has been an audio podcast since 2017. We're coming up for our fifth birthday and our 1,000th show But during the the lockdown and going into last season, with it being the quest to win 10 in a row, we decided that there was definitely a a need for a daily Celtics show. And it was a bulletin. It was literally meant to be a 10, 15-minute bulletin, probably just me um, going through the the last 24 hours and any stories and rumours and gossip. But we very quickly realised that um, there was a lot of the guys who had maybe been involved, Kevin, that uh, wanted to to get involved in the bulletin and it's grown and grown and it's been uh, good, bad and indifferent. It really has been. And until, obviously, we won the the Scottish Cup and we covered that game last season, uh, the Hearts game, we covered this season's Scottish Cup. But in terms of the league title, you know, this would be the first um, time that we've actually been live for the run into a league. And it's going to be very exciting. We get um I mean I got a great video. JP was away up. I spoke to him on my way through to the studio. He's away up to Dingwall without a ticket today. Oh. You know, uh, on the off chance that he gets in. Thankfully he got a ticket, <laughs> sending me some videos from inside the ground. I was getting pictures from Natasha away up on the bus this morning. And you know, some people give you a bit of stick for not being at the games. But there was a real dilemma when we started getting back into the games this season, because I do have a season ticket, even though it's in the name of John Paul Dykes, whoever he is. And um, this season, my brother's been using it with, his, with my old man, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and I'm trying to figure out a way next season of being able to go to the games and do the bulletin, because... You know, it's something we've done for two seasons now and, and it works and there's a lot of people all over the world who enjoy it. Um, so we're trying to look at that. But then next next week, Kevin, I will be sitting here covering the game. My brother will be sitting in my seat at Celtic Park and that's just the way it is. Um, but it, it doesn't make me any less a Celtic fan. I, I take my hat off to the people that travel the way up to Dingwall, that go to all their away games in Europe, I think. Phenomenal. Level of support, and I never ever take that for granted. Um, and it doesn't matter what's happening uh, in uh, Celtic's fortunes; they're there, as Tommy Burns said, and they're always there. Um, I've I've been a season. My first season ticket was nineteen ninety four, and I remember you know prior to that.
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.
2: I had been going to the games since 1987. Yeah, I'm old. You know, there's no other way. That's 35 years ago. 1987. Uh, but... Up to that kind of point, unless you're playing Rangers or maybe a big European game, we, we would go on local buses, Kevin, and it was never really a question that you would get a ticket. You, all, you know, a, a lot of the games weren't ticket games anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was McCann. It was Fergus McCann that brought this thing in, season tickets. And I think prior to that, Jim Orr has the figures. I think we had something in the region of between six and 8,000 season tickets before Fergus McCann came in and then you know he's talking it's about evening, it's incredible isn't it and, and he's talking about building a stadium that would house 60,000 fans when our average attendances were probably you know 36,000 some of the bad seasons in the 90s were probably lower than that and you're thinking what games are we going to fill the stadium for Rangers maybe Aberdeen at the time and some European games so In terms of going to the games, I am trying to figure out a way of doing it. You, obviously, um, don't get to as many games as you'd like because of your geographical um, situation at this moment in time. But a big shout-out to all the fans who were up there today as well because the backing that they give and have given all season has been phenomenal, isn't it?
3: It has been. It has been, yeah. So, my brother is one of those folks that you talk about that goes week in, week out, home and away, Tries to get to every game in Europe, and the commitment is it's unreal, like as Tommy Bunn said his year to you know, they're here kind of week in, week out, everywhere we go, and it is is—it's an unreal commitment to go. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think my first season as a season ticket holder before I moved out here was the Denglos season, mm-hmm. it would have been, yeah, so that, that's how far back I'm going. That's a, a strange season,
2: that actually. Um, I know Kevin Graham. To this day, says that if Wengloss got a proper pre-season, things would have been massively different for Celtic in that particular year. Uh, it took us a while to get the players in, didn't it?
3: Uh, yeah, it did. I mean, I don't recall too much of the season, to be honest with you, it was that long ago. But Wengloss, um, you know, reading back on him since then, was definitely a coach that had a big reputation, Being as a very technical European coach coming from Eastern Europe, where I'm obviously now residing and the football that he brought was, and the methods that he brought were things that were different to what we had in the UK. The, can I remember he'd been at Aston Villa beforehand, and I think they were English champions or uh, certainly title contenders the season before he went there. And they struggled because he was just trying to implement something that was completely foreign to them yeah. in more ways than one. And it would have been the same with Celtic, you know, just trying to implement methods that were kind of unheard of. So you, mm. you never know. I mean, if he had had a, a full preseason, if he'd been backed and wanted to stay for the second season, oh, in Celtic's history it could be completely different. I,
2: I think his signing record was pretty phenomenal. maravchik Vladek, yeah. oh. uh, Mialbi.
3: As as um, it happens, I've got a Moravchik T-shirt on today. So funny you should mention him. Ball. <laughs> yeah, and this this is the thing. I mean. With regards to that,
2: often the legacy is those that, that, that they've left behind. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, when we look at that that squad and that team there, I made the point going into the Rangers game at Ibrox, just how many of the starting line-up were Ange Postacoglu signings or who had come in under Ange Postacoglu. It's been a, a real transformation over the last couple of uh, transfer windows. You mentioned the, the uh, plethora of right-backs that we've gone through. And, and there he is again today turning up Tony Ralston, doing what Tony Ralston does. Um, I mean, often what happens is we speak about the centre-half partnership, we speak about Joe Hart being that guy we were crying out for last year. And we sometimes don't give the credit, really, to these 2 fullbacks playing uh, an inverted fullback role. And, you know, Greg Taylor's come in for a lot of stick, this season as well as previously. But again, I think when you look at the performance today, that you know they really are key to the way that Ange Postacoglu plays and they've been key to our success as well this season, Kevin.
3: They have been. I think the system that Ange has, it's still taken us as fans a little bit of time to get used to because we're used to a more traditional back four where your full backs kind of bomb up and down the line for the full game and certainly in... In respect to Taylor, the last left back was Kieran Tierney, who is you know the best left back I've seen at Celtic in my lifetime, and the best we'll have had for quite a few years before that I would guess. <clears throat> Excuse me. So he's got a lot to live up to and he's not a he's not never a Kieran Tierney style of player in any case. So had we been playing traditional full backs, he's gonna come in for stick because he's a different player. As a fan, I think we're still thinking of that traditional full back, whereas now he has been asked to do a different role. So we're not seeing him doing the things that we expect him to do. And it's it's similar to what you were saying about Carter Vickers with his challenge. That will probably slip under the radar now because we've won the game 2-0. Mm-hmm. But it's a huge moment in the game. If he doesn't make that challenge, that's potentially one all. And the things that Taylor's doing and the things that Ralston and then Juranovic are doing. Go under the radar as well because they're not doing what we expect, but they're doing what they've been asked to do. And Taylor's now coming in to play that kind of almost left center midfielder role at times, which is just freeing uh, the likes of Hatate y- and Yota up to do things further up the field. And one of the notes that I've got from the first half, which is kind of op- the opposite in the second half, was that in the first half we were overloading a lot on the left. So you've got Taylor moving in which then allows let's say Hatate to move out a bit wider. Yota comes in a little bit and you've still got McGregor there. So we've got an overload of three players on the left and occasionally Maeda's coming across, so you get four. And it's all because Taylor's moving in field. Mm. And then in the second half, Maeda went off early, but we weren't overloading on the left and we looked a little bit out of sorts for a spell. So it's those little kind of subtleties that have been added to, the, to those games of Taylor and Ralston as well, doing the same on the right. It can go unnoticed, um, but they're making a massive difference to how we're performing as a team this season.
2: Yeah, they definitely are. And uh, I think that... And it's not through design, and it's no ideal that Jaranovic is out. Obviously, it's not. He's been very influential. But after the the resurrection of Tony Ralston this season, it looks as though he's going to actually be playing in the running he's, you know, due to Jaranovic's injury. that's That's how it appears now and I, I some you know I'm kinda of looking at that thinking it's maybe right that he will be involved in the running after the season that he's had the yeah. turnaround in his career um that he's had as well and although I would never want any Celtic player to be injured I'd love us to have a full strength squad um I think it's good that that Ralston will be involved because otherwise they had have been sitting on the bench he wouldn't have been picked ahead of Zhiranovic so it'll be great to see him being involved not just as a bit part player Kevin but as being pivotal to this season um, and going towards that, that league title Joe Porter welcome back Joe you're on the YouTube channel Fair Play to Ross County they made it a contest in the second half they absolutely did um, and you know love him or loathe them, Malky McKay will be I think um, on on A couple of shortlists, probably. Um, You know, Hibs. I noticed today Roy Keane's getting touted for the Hibs. I don't know where that story's come from. Um, I don't know how much truth is in it. But uh, there's a few candidates, and I think Malky Mackay would certainly be looked at as uh, a potential. The The thing with the Hibs job, though, I mean, and quite a few excels have been, as I say, Roy Keane, I think Roy, Ronnie Dyler, Um Every time the Hibs job's available, John Hughes gets mentioned. Um, it's turning into a bit of poison chalice, isn't it, Kev?
3: It is. That's exactly the phrase I would use to describe it. A poison chalice. I don't know why anyone would want to take it on. Not now. You'd say, I don't know, a couple of seasons ago, it would have been a good job to take on because you think Hibs has been a fairly ambitious club that like to play... Good football, good stable management behind the scenes, but now they're just going through managers at a crazy rate, and yeah. no one's getting a chance. Right? If you're hiring a manager like Maloney, and we spoke about this in one of the podcasts during the week, if you're hiring a manager like Maloney, who's coming in having worked at kind of the most elite level of the game that you can get, he's he's coached the the number one ranked national team in the world. You know, it's going to take time for him to get those methods across to players of a head standard who are not exactly the you know, the same level as Belgium, the Belgian players. It's going to take a while. He's he, uh, he got a transfer window. I don't know if he got the full transfer window. I can't remember when he came in exactly. But he's lost his best player during that time as well. So there's new methods. He's lost his best player. He's had injury problems when he's been there with quite a few players been out. It's going to take time. They're safe from relegation. They're not going down. Let them see the season through. And if you have to make a change because you feel it's gotten too far. You do it in the summer, but I always kind of feel it, unless your manager's absolutely hopeless, and I don't think Maloney was, he gets a year. And, and you know, if you're a, a manager with any sort of ambitions, Hibs aren't going to give you a year unless you're taking them to cup finals, which wasn't even good enough for Jack Ross.
2: No, it, it's a bizarre one where you often wonder what their ambition is. You know, yep. third in the table last last time round. Cup final, and, and you think? Do you honestly think you're going to win the league? Because third in the table was a high point over a period of seventeen years for Hibs, yeah. and there's there's panic, there's knee-jerk reactions, etc. This should be a, a far stronger football club than they are. Uh, Pat Santers, uh, you've been prolific on the comments. Thanks for getting involved, Pat. Greg Taylor has been good last week, well, and yet he was ridiculed from so many fans not so long ago. Yeah, he was. He absolutely was mm. ridiculed. And we're now in a situation where um I know Liam Scales is on the bench today. But uh, in terms of backup, you've got and Goalie who's not even training with Celtic. He's training on his own in Belgium, which I think shows that he has no future at Celtic under uh, Ange Post the Coglu. It's just never he's never gonna turn it round. So regardless of how well Greg Taylor's playing We're going to have to go into the market and buy another left-back, it would seem. And if we're going to do that, then why not try and get someone of the level that we got at right-back? And then Taylor will be in a similar scenario to to Tony Ralston. But in terms of the whole team, the squad depth and the strength, that's a good situation to have. It just occurred to me there when Angie's getting interviewed post-match, I can't hear it, obviously. And he's standing there with his his now-famous Celtic jersey. And and he told the story fairly recently about how that all came about. You think all these things are perfectly planned, you know, like the Eric Cantona speech, uh, you know, sardines and all this kind of stuff. And actually they're not, you know, that was on the back of a fag packet, apparently. And uh, Ange Postacoglu, the reason he was wearing it was because his wife wasn't there to tell him what to wear. Uh, But it brought up a a very interesting memory that um, I was watching something fairly recently where when Ange played with South Melbourne, and famously, and we keep going on about it, apologies, uh, Ferenc Puskas was the manager. And the players uh, in Australia, there's a few kind of suave dressers and all that, they were kind of like, what is with this guy's dress sense, talking about Ferenc Puskas, one of the greatest footballers <laughs> ever. So one of the guys brought in a jersey for him um, and said, you know, when you're out f- having a meal and stuff, wear this. It's, and it was a Hugo Bosch jersey, right? But it just said Boss right across the front. And from then on in he started wearing it to training Kevin Ferenc Puskas right <laughs> so he's wearing his jersey to training and everybody started calling him boss right and now everybody at Celtic calls Ange boss and he's always been called boss and you wonder if that came from the fact that his boss Ferenc Puskas uh, was such a high a big influence on him that when he became a manager himself he took that moniker I know a lot of guys like to be called gaffer um, people used to call Jock Jockstein Mr. Steen Danny McGrain still does uh, all these years later that shows you how how much respect he's got for him. Patrick James Simpson 11 goals 11 assists to Celtic by 100% in my opinion Kevin. I think you agree. What's your thoughts in the comments and also just to finish up in the last few minutes let's have a chat about how we line up against Rangers. So you know, we've gone into that game today and I guess there was a discussion around Rogic and O'Reilly. There was a discussion around Kyogo, Yakamakis. And was there a discussion around Hatati? We certainly spoke about it, Kevin. I don't know if anyone agrees that Hatati's position in the, in the team was was definitely um, a point of debate. So how do we line up going into this game against Rangers? I'm going to ask you, Kevin McCluskey, what while you're telling us, I'll keep an eye on the comments section to see uh, what the viewers are thinking as well for next week.
3: Right, I'm hastily trying to write down a team for that game. Back four picks itself. You know, you've know, you got to go Joe Hart in goals. Ralston, Carter, Vickers, Stafford, Taylor. It's the best back four we've got. Um, and yeah, as you've mentioned as well, for the summer, we do need to go strengthen that back line uh, because there isn't the depth if any of them are injured. Midfield is where you get get a few questions. McGregor has to start. I would go with O'Reilly because he's got his... uh well, he's got that. The mobility around the midfield, his passing ability is top-notch, as we not talked about at half-time. I don't know who we play alongside him, though. I'd like it to be beat on if he was fit and if he's available to play because I think his kind of physical presence in the midfield could be, again, useful in a game like this. I'm not convinced for Hatate in that game based on his second half performance today because I felt actually uh, when we were making the trio of changes I would have taken him off at that point because he just seemed to be making a few too many mistakes kinda taking his eye off the ball a little bit but see how he does in training during the week if he's, if he's fit enough to start the game perhaps you get him in with the same plan as today that he doesn't last the full 90 but we get the game done by the time he comes off Yota's a must start up front. I'd probably go with Yota. Toss up between Kyogo and Maida, depending on how we want to play the game. And then I'd start Jackie Makius as my centre of the three, because he has he's proven a handful to Rangers every time he's played them. So that's where I'd go. The, the, I, there's still a few kind of question marks over a couple of players, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing at the moment because it shows that there's competition, there be for places, and it shows that guys like Hatate, who a few weeks ago or a month or so ago would have been a stick-on to play, and now no longer there, um, because we've got competition, because we've got players that can come in and take their place, and we're not, in that area of the field, we're not going to drop the quality too much.
2: I think looking at the ones that are, potential dilemmas and yeah someone's come in and said I'll leave that one to Ange absolutely uh, <laughs> that, that should
3: be my answer, that was a smart <laughs> answer whoever said that, well done
2: <laughs> Sean Curran it's Sean, Rogage the, the that starts for Sean AGSC Kyogo starts for you um, but Stephen O'Rourke got to start with GG leading the line uh, Jamie Young agrees with that, I think that he's done well against strangers but I also think that um, the game at Celtic Park will be fresh in the memory in terms of the Hatati question. I don't think when Hatati comes off and he's replaced by Turnbull at the moment that you're seeing enough, and I know that it was a late substitution today. The, the issue with Hatati for me is who replaces him. Uh, Beaton, he, he wasn't mentioned in terms of the injury list, uh, so is he ill? You know, that that's not been clarified yet And I think that my team would be Joe Hart and Goals Like yourself, back four picks itself at the moment With Ralston, Taylor, Carter, Vickers and Starfelt McGregor's first name on his team sheet Every week anyway Big question for me is Can O'Reilly and Rogic play together? You don't think they can I think it's too much a risk in a game like this I think O'Reilly starts against Rangers And I know how great Rogic has been in that fixture. Uh, I think he's going to be one of our weapons on the bench. I think Atati will start as well. Uh, And up top, massive, massive question up top. He's going to go, for me, he's going to go with the, the front line that started today. Maeda, Jota and Kyogo. And we said that you know he needs to get 60 minutes under his belt today. He did it. He's then going to have a week of intense training. Yakimakis, by the way, it has been a revelation, right? He really has. Um, and I know that he can batter and bully and hat. And we didn't get that last week. And that could possibly be fresh in, in the gaffer's mind as well. Um, but I'm also looking at the bench and that old adage about, you know, finishing the game in the last 30 minutes as is, is strongly as you started it. Um, and if you've got the likes of Rogic and Abada and Yakamakis and all these players on the bench, then... I will feel confident going into next week's game. Whether or not I feel confident half an hour before kick off, because that's when we'll be on. <laughs> we shall see, Kevin. But it's been um, a great, uh, a great victory for Celtic today. Next Sunday is absolutely massive. I'm looking forward to that. Thanks everybody for getting involved as always. If you're on YouTube, get subscribing. We've got huge content coming your way. Obviously, we we always concentrate on the Axon stuff, but there is also. Other content as well, Uh, loads of music uh, content, loads of interviews that I can't actually reveal just yet, but they will be worth watching. They'll be worth the free subscription, put it that way. Get subscribing, and you might also win um, a, a prize as well. As always, Kevin, over in Hungary, thank you so much for joining us on A Celtic State of Mind.